confidence becomes her. A woman that embodies the true essence of her being. On this journey, she discovers who she is and what she carries, her value, her worth, her uniqueness to which no one can strip her of. Confidence becomes her. She's ever evolving, ever growing into her greatness. She is multifaceted. With each new chapter of her life comes the reveal of something spectacular. Another level of her giftings like a present being unwrapped. She's like a treasure box, a never-ending supply of hidden treasures, gems and jewels that surface as she walks through every trial and circumstance life throws her way. She is resilient a world changer. She's a masterpiece, a work of art, one of a kind. Confidence becomes her. Welcome to the Confidence Becomes Her podcast, where our mission is to help you upgrade your confidence, embrace your uniqueness, and step into your greatness. I am Marlene Abaugh from MarleneAbaugh.com, your confidence coach and mentor. This is season 10 episode 96 called Addressing Mother Wounds. If you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to say welcome to the show. And if you've been rocking with me for a while, you know I like to say welcome back. It is an honor to serve you in this way. Thank you so much for choosing to hang out with me today. So we're on season 10 right now, which feels like it's been going on for forever now, which I know really is due to the fact that we switched uh, releasing episodes from every week to every other week. Anyway, this season is entitled Healing the Child Within. We've been working through and healing through all types of childhood trauma. Our therapist, Dr. Kristen Blackshear, who, by the way, is the owner and founder of Cedar Tree Psychotherapy and Consulting, PLLC. She has been pouring into us every single episode. Man, we have covered such a variety of topics here in this one season. Topics like what is trauma? What is complex trauma? Different types of therapy. Uh, we've covered healing from rejection. We took a deep dive into anger, really what lies beneath anger. We also dealt with religious and spiritual trauma. We've talked about the altar versus therapy, really the altar and therapy. We recently talked about the waiting season, what to do while you're waiting to heal, while you're waiting for your prayers to be answered. She called it the middle. Mm, that was so good. There was a part one and two to that. She's also given us lots of questions uh, to answer different exercises to do. She shared different resources with us. Listen, if you've missed any of the episodes for this season, do yourself a huge, huge favor and get caught up ASAP. Uh, you want to check out episodes 85 to 95. Uh, this season has been absolutely amazing. So I have a new session for you, one that we recorded recently called Mother and Father Wounds. This is such a necessary topic because really knowingly and unknowingly, this topic affects a lot of us. I am breaking up the session into a few different episodes. And so we're going to start out today with Mother Wounds. Now, 
I got to warn you that she comes out of the gate swinging. (laughs) So you want to have your pen and paper ready to go. All right, here we go. All right, all right. Welcome back, Dr. Kristen Blackshear, for another impactful session. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I am doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited for this uh, this topic of mother and father wounds. I can't wait to hear what you have to share. So we're going to dive right in. Let's go, girly. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay. So um, one of the things, one of the topics that comes up in therapy often is mother wounds and father wounds. And for myself, I was introduced to this first from a spiritual perspective uh, by mm-hmm. Dr. Faithful, whom I absolutely love. I love her work. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then as I grew as a therapist, I actually started to learn that this was a clinical topic as well. And there's actually quite a bit of uh, clinical um, research, therapeutic work that is available in the area of mother and father wounds. And so what I want to do this evening is start by first giving a spiritual definition and then also giving a clinical definition for each, both the mother wound and father wound, and then kind of talking about how those wounds can show up and uh, what are some spiritual things that we can do, but also what are some clinical things that we can do to be able to address uh, both mother wounds and father wounds. So I, I okay, awesome, awesome. So I'll start with the uh, mother wound. So uh, Dr. Faith uh, says that the job of a mother is to nurture, comfort, and teach. So mothers are nurturers, they are comforters, and they teach us. And she um, oftentimes uh, uses the Holy Spirit as a uh, good example of what, what it looks like to nurture, comfort, and teach. And when mothers are absent, and we know that moms can be absent for all kinds of reasons. Um, sometimes there is a actual physical death. Um, sometimes moms are emotionally absent. Sometimes moms are single parents, and so they may be physically absent. But whenever they uh, mothers are absent, there tends to be a lack of confidence, a lack of trust, and difficulties setting boundaries. Um, So that would be our spiritual definition moving forward, Um, a lack of confidence, lack of trust. So I'm sorry, those are more of the symptoms uh, spiritually, lack of trust, lack of confidence and difficulty setting, setting boundaries. When we look at this. From a clinical nature, uh, Marie Grande says that the mother wound is an attachment trauma. So in therapy, we talk a lot about attachment styles and Mm -hmm. more times the mother is where we get that initial attachment. Um, You know, is mom uh, attached to the baby in a healthy way while the baby is still in utero? Mm -hmm. And so she says that the mother wound is an attachment trauma that creates a sense of confusion and devastation in the child's psyche. It instills mm-hmm. deeply rooted beliefs that make the child feel unloved, abandoned, unworthy of care, and even fearful of expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she also expri- explains how that this wound shows up in our adult relationships as well. And so her 
symptoms or her common traits are uh, paralyzing perfectionism, lack of self-confidence, self-sabotaging behaviors in interpersonal relationships, which interpersonal relationships we have with other people, mm-hmm. um, cruel inner dialogue that belittles mm-hmm. traits, lack of motivation to start or complete new projects, a deeply rooted feeling of unworthiness, fear of becoming a mother, and a belief that nothing will ever be good enough. Um, and then I also, this person, I couldn't, oh, it's the behavior therapist. They are the, called the behavior therapist on Pinterest. Um, so they say that if your mother was critical, you may see a lot of low self-worth and negative self-talk. If your mother was physically or emotionally abusive, in your life it shows up as the difficulty to understand and display emotion. If your mother was codependent, meaning a very unhealthy dependence on the child, then it shows up as weak boundaries and inability to say no. If your mother was not approving, it can show up as a constant fear of judgment. If your mother was controlling, it can show up as rebellious behavior and unwise choices. If your mother was intrusive, it can show up as difficulty expressing emotions. And if your mother had a pessimistic view on life, it can show up as self-sabotage and self-betrayal. So that's yeah. kind of the, what we're, what we're, uh, that's the, the information, that's the knowledge that we're working with. And then I'll give some, uh, flesh these things out. So sometimes clients or people in general will, you know, have conversations and uh, they talk about how actually a conversation I just had recently with someone that we were talking about why they um, why they find themselves always arguing small points, and, you know, things that are not even <laughs> frivolous. <laughs> Like, no, it really is, you know, dark blue, not denim blue. Okay, well, well, it's deep, you know, dark or denim is blue, you know. And so uh the person and I were having this conversation, they would say, you know, I argue these points, and I and I can they even said I can um sustain the argument by myself. Even if you don't want to participate, I can keep the argument going. <laughs> and so um, we started to talk about um every therapist kind of has their own view or really there's um what is it called there are different like uh theories therapeutic theories that that talk about where uh behaviors come from i am a person mm-hmm. who tends to believe that the majority not all but the majority of behaviors or um unhealthy uh adult but uh experiences behaviors expressions are rooted in childhood experiences and mm-hmm. so talking to this person and we kind of go down this conversation of um you know well what like what was your childhood and and how were your parents and the person said uh my mom is really is really critical she's really Mm -hmm. critical she's very judgmental and there has always been a fear of saying um the wrong thing because i fear that if i say the wrong thing i'll be judged so she was critical and 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 judgmental. So she was not very approving. And mm-hmm. so the person finds themselves now. We were able to make the connection that the little them felt so. And the person even said, like, as an adult, there are things that I just shut off from my family, um, not because I don't want them to know, but because I fear the lack of approval or the disapproval of my mother um, mm-hmm. if I share these things and they're not in line with what she thinks, feels, hopes, wants for my life. Mm-hmm. And so 
the person was saying, uh, so, so the connection that I made was now when you have um, an opportunity to express an opinion, your brain still hasn't registered, hey, I'm safe. These people approve of me. These people accept me. I don't need to argue the point. Your brain is still functioning from a place of they may not agree. They may not approve. They may reject me. So I have to literally, you know, sink my heels in on this, this, this very small point. I got to dig my heels in and, and be sure that I am heard. But what I explained to them is that it's really not the adult you that's trying to be heard. It's little you. Mm. Little you wants wow. to be every time that little you felt quieted and suppressed and unheard um, because of a fear of judgment. So little you is fighting through big you to roar in these spaces and these conversations and people looking at you like, what's really going on? (laughs) Really not even them. And it's not you. It's not this adult version of you. It's still little you. Wow. Yeah. My goodness. When we talk about seeds and and, uh, roots and fruit, you know, seeds and fruit, that the seed was this uh, mom. And and, and I I want to, we'll we'll come back to this when we get to talking about like working through these things. Mm. But I do want to preface this conversation with the understanding that people give us the best that they know how to give us. That's it. You know, Um, people show up. Uh, as parents, as partners, as bosses, whatever, giving us the best that they know how to give us. And sometimes what they give us feels really crappy, but that's just the best that they know how to give. Because of their own trauma, because of their own stuff, because of their own Mm -hmm. unprocessed stuff. They just give us the best that they know how to give. And so, you know, I I don't know his mother. I don't have an opinion of the lady one way or the other. Um, But the reality is that the the root, the seed that was planted was a critical, um, Mm -hmm. judgmental um, thing, you know, a conversation, which has in turn produced fruit that is fighting for a voice as an Mm -hmm. adult that is really just trying to speak what what the child wanted to say. That's fighting, fighting for a voice as an adult. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, you often see like this, this uh, going back to Marie Grande. Um, she talks about the paralyzing perfectionism. You know, if I don't, I, that's that's super common. Um, the belief that nothing will ever be good enough. Self-sabotaging in interpersonal relationships, you know, uh, the lack of motivation. Those things are because we know, according to Dr. Faith, that moms comfort and they mm-hmm. nurture us. And so if your mom doesn't have the ability to comfort or nurture, you don't know how to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. Not in a healthy way. So you self-soothe with negative words to yourself. You self-soothe with uh, negative self-talk, right? You Mm -hmm. self-soothe with um, having a difficulty displaying your emotions. You take them all in. You you, you bottle them all up. You don't say anything um, to people about how you really feel. You self-soothe with with rebellion because, because... there was no one to teach that that nurture. There was no one to teach healthy comforting skills, healthy nurturing skills. Um, even when you think about things like 
self-sabotage, the opposite of that would be uh, someone teaching you what it looks like to have healthy relationships with other people. Someone teaching you what it looks like to have healthy self-esteem, healthy Mm self-confidence. Someone teaching you what it looks like to be... um, to, to feel worthy, to know that you are worthy mm-hmm. just because you were born, right? But mm-hmm. if your mom doesn't know how to teach you those things because of whatever her own stuff is, if I if I was never taught those things, obviously the you know the enemy is always he he doesn't play fair. He's never looking to say, hey, you know, I know you have mother wounds. Do you mind if I step in with a little bit of you know cruel uh, <laughs> inner dialogue? He's just gonna plant that seed. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. you're an adult. Yeah, now you're an adult and you're preparing to take a test and you're telling yourself, I ain't gonna pass. Oh man, that's so stupid. How I do that? I, a lot of times people people will um in a very joking way say, Oh, I'm so dumb. Yeah. That ain't no that's how you feel. Oh, I look so fat, I look so stupid. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was, I was talking to a person this morning and um, they called to tell me uh, we were in a session and they were telling me all of the things that had happened. Mm. And throughout the conversation, it was laced with, you know, I was so dumb because I did this. And then I was so stupid because I went there. Mm. And how, you know, how foolish could I be? And then when they mm. finished, I said, well, I'm not I'm not going to beat you up because, beloved, you've done. <laughs> you've done Maybe a good job. <laughs> Now, you've done a wonderful job at that. (laughs) That goes back to that inner dialogue. And one of these talks about the the inner voice. And and one of the things that you, uh, a therapeutic technique that is, you know, I'll give you this for free. When you are in tough moments, tough times, and you can acknowledge and identify that there is a negative conversation happening in your head, Ask yourself, whose voice do you hear? Who do you see on the sidelines saying, you really can't do this? Saying, why would you even try that? If you fail, because you're going to fail, because it's life and failure is a part of success. When you fail, if you fail, however you fail, who do you see standing there wagging their finger? And, And it may not be a mom. It may be a grandmother or it may be the auntie. It may be a mother type figure. Could also be a father. In this case, we're talking about mother. Mm-hmm. Who do you see um, standing there to the side, feeding you this negative uh, dialogue about yourself? Mm-hmm. That, wow. will help. that will help you. Whose voice do you hear? And if, mm-hmm. you, if you're like, well, I don't hear anybody's voice. I just hear my voice. Well, whose words are you saying? The mm-hmm. words that you're saying are these words that you said to yourself for the first time, or are you repeating something that you've heard someone say to you or about you? That'll wow. Yeah. That'll help you. That'll help you figure that out. So the mother wound. Uh, mother wounds. A lot of time when we think about times when we think about like self-esteem, self-confidence and those kind of things mm-hmm. that can definitely be related and connected to um, poor uh, relationships with mothers. Here's the other thing. I have asked often seen this uh recently quite a bit in therapy people will say um because again a lot of my conversation goes back to um what was your family like growing up Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of people who kind of fight to um you know well you know my mom wasn't that nice but I mean you know she was she was a good mom 
or, you know, we're good now. Mm. You know, my mom used to uh, really, really be hard, but she was, you know, now we're real cool though. And I tell people, I'm not making an assessment of your parent because I have empathy and I understand that I don't know everything that your parent experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what made them how they are, but we, two things can both be true. I just, I live by this. Two things can both be true. Our parents, your parents could be, could have been um, wonderful people who loved you the best way that they knew how, who provided for you, who got you to where you are. And both and, and they still could have did some really crappy things that negatively impacted you. True. Yeah. Sometimes what the enemy will do is he will say, well, it wasn't them. And guess what that does? That makes you feel like it wasn't it it wasn't them. I just I am this way because I am just a bad person Mm -hmm. without taking into consideration what has happened to you. And I'm not saying consider it to the point that you're like, you know, well, you know, I really can't walk up the stairs because when I was three, my mama said, you do not be walking upstairs right. And now that's why I can't walk up the stairs. No, I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not saying (laughs) use it as such for the rest of your life. But what I am saying is that if we can identify the root, right, Mm -hmm. if we can identify the root, if we can identify the point where the seeds were planted, healing really can happen. And we can learn how to process and forgive and release the right people. But if we let the enemy talk us into, well, you know, your mom, you you know, your mom ain't did nothing. You know, you just that way because you that way. We take on this inherent um, condemnation of I am just a bad person because I am a bad person. And I hope that Um, makes sense. Listen, I, you, you, you are going over some really awesome points. And I I, I, I got to slow you down for this last one because, listen, it is so good. You said we have to identify the root mm-hmm. so that healing can happen. Mm-hmm. We have to identify the root so that healing can happen because we need to process it right uh we we need to forgive yeah and 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 we have to know who we have to forgive and who we need to release and that can only happen if we identify the root like that that right there is is golden because the enemy would have us in the corner just blaming ourselves for everything that is Wow. I, I do have a quick question yes. before before we hit the gas again. I know we just pumped the brakes, but <laughs> I know we haven't touched father wounds yet. But if you mm-hmm. had to take a quick guess, I'm just very curious, which one would you say you have to help your your clients through the most mother or father wounds? Mm. Or is it like a tie? <laughs> I feel like it's a tie because mm. people would probably think father wounds because um, it is not uncommon for fathers, you know, for people to grow up in a single parent home and stuff like that. It is not uncommon for people to, um, mm. you know, 
have fathers who are just physically not present. So you would think it would be father roles, but sometimes when we have fathers who are not in the house, then it pushes the mother into other places of brokenness, which cause her to mm-hmm. parent from a place that produces mother wounds. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I I was thinking along the lines of mother wounds more because just like you're saying, if the, the father isn't even there and the mother is there around the mother all the time, and if you know, if they're not being bright up brought up the right way, then that's more damage done by mom. And so they yep. they <laughs> but wow, but I could see I could see a person being brought up in a single parent home with mom, I could see them having to actually deal with both. Now that I'm thinking through it, actually deal with both dealing with the absence of the father. So that level of father wounds, but then also a deeper level of mother wounds trying to undo and work through. And wow, I've never thought about that before. That That's a lot for that type someone who's experiencing that, that's a lot for them to to actually work through. Wow. Yeah, so that's why I feel like it's a little bit uh, uh, tied. And I've actually met quite a few people who were raised by good dads. Mm-hmm. Um, I have quite a few clients who their dads raised them and their dads raised them well. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think... I think because here's the other part, you know, mother wounds can happen because we know that rejection can happen in utero. So if mom gets by a man who doesn't want the baby um, and she has to deal with that process, that so on and so forth, um, the, the, the both can start in utero, but the baby can certainly sense and feel that mother wound, um, you know, immediately from, um, from the time of, of inception, oh, inception, Jesus, child conception, um, when the mom kind of eat attachment, because that, you remember we were talking about the attachment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. attachment trauma. So when mom decides to disconnect from that baby, wow. um, you can start the mother wound there. That is so, it baffles me that rejection can actually start that early. Like, it's just so amazing to me that the baby can pick that up from, wow, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, I, I may have said this here, I'm sure I probably have, but it is amazing to me how people think that babies only hear music in the womb. No, nah, babies mm-hmm. feel your feelings. Babies hear your conversation. All of those things. So, yeah, it's not just uh, what you listen to that the baby hears in the womb. It's also how you feel. It's also how you communicate. It's all of those things. Wow. Yeah. I know that um, life requires an intentionality. You know, mm-hmm. every area of our life requires intentionality. And when um, when I first learned about that, Mm-hmm. I, I read a book by Bev Tucker, Beverly Tucker. Um, yes, called Rejection, and so mm-hmm. that was yes, and 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 it's a thin book, and and, yes. and it's it's a quick and easy read. But I was baffled. I was very very baffled 
by the fact that rejection could start that early. And so I start, I mentioned the word intentionality to make the point that for the the pregnant mamas out there, or if, you know, anyone listening, if you are, if you want children, just remember when you do <laughs> get pregnant, yeah. just that the baby can hear, feel everything that's going on. And so if you are in a, in not in a good space emotionally, I want to encourage you. This is for the mamas that are already pregnant. Just do everything in your power. And when it's beyond your power, ask your heavenly father to, to just, you know, step in and help you to be in a good place mentally and emotionally because that baby can feel everything that's happening, everything that's happening. And you don't want to bring someone up that has to, in their adulthood, work through rejection. So I just wanted to to share that little piece there. And I know you mentioned you opened us up talking about Dr. Faith. And so there was a season back in 2021 where I felt like healing was on the heart of our Heavenly Father. And that that theme, the, the theme for that season was healing for your soul. And mm-hmm. I remember when the Lord dropped, um, he gave me each episode for the season. And when he mentioned mother and father wounds, I was like, wait, I, I don't know anything about this topic. And mm-hmm. I had to go researching. And it is Dr. Faith who really gave me most of the material for that particular episode. Yeah. It's episode 39. Um oh. I listened to like two of her videos and I was, I was just, I was in awe. Like, I didn't know this was a thing. And um, so when you opened up uh, the recording mentioning her, I chuckled her than myself because I remembered um, that episode and that how I listened to two of her videos and I got most of um, and I acknowledged her too in that episode, you know, and I encourage the listeners to go check her out. Okay, so we're going to end this episode right here because next we uh, transition right into Father Wounds. So I'm going to save that for the next episode. All right, so let's do a quick recap. Let's compare some notes. You know, I don't even know where to begin with this one because it's like, whoa, I, I have notes galore going on over here because she really broke this thing all the way down for us, didn't she? Like the, She said the responsibility of a mother is to nurture, comfort, and teach. Now, I got to say regarding this episode, I'm still processing a lot of it. I'm doing a whole lot of thinking and self-assessments. Like I paused and I started thinking about how effectively am I doing these three things for my kiddos right now? Am I am I doing a good job nurturing, comforting, and teaching them? Like that's a big responsibility, right? I, you know, I don't think that I ever realized just how deeply 
even the absence of a mom could so negatively impact a child's life and also the impact of mother wounds on a person. We got lack of confidence and trust, difficulty setting boundaries, sense of confusion and devastation on a child's psyche. This is where a person gets some deeply rooted negative beliefs about uh, being unloved and abandoned and unworthiness, the fear of expressing themselves, paralyzing perfection, self-sabotaging behaviors. And this one, cruel inner dialogue that belittles. Wow. You know, I also learned a new term I had never heard before in this episode, self-betrayal. You know, when she was reading something from uh, Pinterest under the behavior therapist, which said, if your mom had a pessimistic view on life, that that can show up in you as self-sabotage and self-betrayal. Lord, help us. And, you know, something else that blew me away in this episode was when she was talking about when, you know, if you were quieted and unheard as a child. Now the little version of you is fighting through the big version of you to be heard. This is why people argue little, little points. You know, she gave us also some questions for free. That's what she said. I'll give you this for free. (laughs) She gave us some questions to ask ourselves whenever we notice the the inner dialogue, the negative self-talk happening. Questions like, whose voice do you hear? Who do you see on the sidelines saying that you cannot do it and wagging their finger at you? Whose words are you saying? Are you repeating words uh, someone said to you or about you? Like These are some really great questions. I hope you got a chance to write them down so that you can use them. Lastly, I believe this episode really showed us uh, the importance of being able to identify the root things, right? The point where the seed was planted so that we can now heal, so that we can process what happened and release the person. What an awesome episode. If I missed uh, any one of your major takeaways send me a voice note and tell me all about it, okay? If the app you're on has that feature. And before I go any further, I just, I feel led to pray. So I am going to say a quick prayer. Lord, we come before you. We first want to thank you for sending Kristen our way. Continue, Lord, to bless her and strengthen her and keep her as she carries out the good works You called her to do expand her borders and territory here and answer her prayers, O God. May the information and techniques that she shared with us today regarding mother wounds, may it fall on good ground. May it be used as a doorway to usher us all into the place of healing you desire for us. Heal every mother wound. Everyone experiencing mother wounds under the sound of my voice. God, heal. Heal and make us whole. For generations to come, oh God, 
as this uh, episode is played and replayed. God, we declare, we proclaim that we are healed and we are whole and we will not pass this thing on to the next generation. God, thank you. We want to thank you for healing our minds, healing our hearts, restoring our souls. Do what only you can do, oh God. Heal any and all broken parts of us, known and unknown. Heal us from any rejection that took place as early as in our mother's womb. We give ourselves permission to be born. We are worthy of love. We are wanted. We speak to the little versions of ourselves, the younger version of ourselves that's fighting to be heard. And we say peace. Be still. We say, peace, be still. You don't have to roar anymore. You don't have to roar anymore. You are heard. You are loved. You have entered the no judgment zone. You are heard. You are loved. And you are safe. Lord, we embrace and we step into the adult versions of ourselves. And we thank you, God, for giving us all the desire and the ability to forgive and release our mothers. We forgive and we release our mothers. We forgive and we release our mothers. We release our mothers who didn't know any better, who did the best they knew how to do, who did the best with what they had. And we even pray for our mothers right now. We ask God that you also give them the desire and the ability to heal as well. Help us to learn from their mistakes and show us how to be mothers and grandmothers and aunties that nurture, comfort, and teach the right way, your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. A few quick things before we go. So mother and father wounds is actually our last topic with our therapist, Dr. Kristen Blackshare, which like I mentioned, gonna break it up into a few episodes. We are planning one final session to wrap up and close out the season. And we would love to incorporate your questions in that final uh, session. So please start sending in your questions right now. Anything pertaining to uh, the many topics we've covered this season, you can email them to me at marlene at marleneaball.com. Dot com. I'll put that in the show notes. Or if the platform you're on offers the voice note feature, you can send your question to me that way. And who knows, you may get to hear your question play live on that particular recording. Oh, and in case you were wondering, the Discover Your Gifts virtual event, it was absolutely amazing. That was our first uh, virtual event for the year. And the ladies in the room were so enlightened and very engaging. Um, so to, to be clear, when I say gifts, I'm actually referring to, I call them, and some people call them your superpowers. Simply put, 
They are your God-given abilities, things that come very natural to you, but others find them very difficult to do. They are things that you can do in your sleep. You can do it, your eyes close. And uh, when you do them, you are extremely energized, right? While you're doing these things, you're very energized. And also they're things you get complimented on often. Uh, they're things that you are the go-to person for in your circle. You know, what I loved uh, about the event is at the end, when I asked the ladies for their biggest aha moment, a lot of them said the same thing. Um, there, there was a part during the live event when I said, gifts are tools. Gifts are a tool. And so when I shared that with them, uh, I began to tell them how our gifts are tools designed to help us carry out our God-given assignments in life. In other words, our gifts are, uh, they're there to help us fulfill our purpose. I also shared with them that our, our gifts are clues to our purpose as well. They are very good indicators of our purpose. Anyway, it was so cool hanging out with all those beautiful ladies on my birthday and to help give them the gift of knowing their gifts. We got to do a little exercise at the end where they got to write down their gifts and they were all so surprised with their list because they realized that they had so many more gifts than they thought they had. Things they they didn't even consider a gift because it's so natural to them. Anyway, if you are not a part of the Confidence Becomes Her private Facebook group, I encourage you to join it ASAP because I'm going to start sharing some of the gems I shared at the event. I'm going to start posting in the group. The other thing I wanted to share regarding gifts is if you're interested in finding out more about your superpowers, your God-given abilities, you can check out episodes number three, eight, and nine. Those episodes will help you in uh, discovering your gifts and your uniqueness. Now, lastly, I want to make sure that you are a part of the email list because you will get to be the first to know of uh, any of our other upcoming events. You can also follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok under Marlene A. Ball. Oh, there is one more thing. <laughs> I wanted to give you the opportunity to partner with me financially to help cover the costs related to bringing you these life-changing episodes. If you scroll to the bottom of the show notes, you should see a link or button that says support. Or if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, you can reach out to me directly for those details. All right, that's it for my little announcements. Until next time, go be great and talk to you soon.